0: Welcome to That's All, a weekly debrief about anything and everything happening in fashion and pop culture with Cosy and
1: Em. I'm Cosy, And I'm Em. And welcome back. Welcome back. It feels like the sixth week of January. Like I'm feeling really tired. I'm really over January. It's just been long. I'm going to regret saying that because the rest of the year is going to fly and suddenly it's going to be like June and I'll be like, wish it was January again where there were no rules and every day was like 1400 hours. Yeah, it's a bit rank. I feel like I'm 35 years old at The moment not not
0: loving it, but I'm also like feel 18 because I'm like it's January, it's summer, but with rules and responsibilities, uh, which is fun. Uh, but this is our first remote record with video, which has
1: been a journey to set up. It's a bit fun, we love new experiences. I feel like a little bit unnatural because I'm not just sitting chatting to someone, so I'm a bit aware about like where my hands are, why my knee is up on the table. I like
0: that your knee's up on the table, you always do a knee up, not do I? Think.
1: I? I don't notice until I think about no, it. No,
0: I feel like it's a thing, it's like how I don't notice that I do all of this with my hands and oh, then yeah. I play with my hair constantly <laughs> and then I look and I'm like I look like uh I'm
1: insane if you ever want to hate yourself like utterly loathe yourself film yourself talking for an hour and a half yeah and just yeah. watch it back.
0: and I think if you really want to be humbled <laughs> if you really really feel like you want to be humbled or sometimes I watch myself and I like totally disassociate I'm like this is a different girl it's like when I listen back to us sometimes and then I will finish the thought in my head, yeah. oh that, and then I say it and I'm like, oh God, she gets me. And I'm like, oh, it is me, you little idiot. But yeah, welcome back to our latest episode. Emily, what are your, what have you been watching, reading, doing, consuming this week since we last saw each other? Well, not since I last saw you, but since we last talked this Since podcast. we last did this.
1: Okay, this is a secondhand rec from you, from Cosy, but you recommended it in real life not on the pod, so it still counts. I watched Leaving. It's oh a drama love story situation with Helen McCrory and... Callum Turner. Callum Turner, aka Mr. Dua Leaper.
0: Don't forget his name. Put some respect on his name.
1: If you need to know who he is, listen to our last app. And Helen McCrory, the late icon, legend, queen, everything.
0: Oh, yeah. Again, she needs no introduction. She needs no introduction. It's
1: only three episodes and it's released in 2012. It's very palatable, very British. I love it. I couldn't tell if it was highbrow or lowbrow. I think it's like midbrow. It's middlebrow. It just felt like, do you know what it felt like? Something like juicy
0: that happened on a Sunday night in 2012. Yeah. It's kind of dated.
1: It's chaotic, neutral brow, I feel. Okay, yeah
0: i totally i totally get that
1: this is my political center for like intellectual taste and like anything i consume probably definitively falls on either side of this tv show i don't know if i'm selling it
0: do you have a middle brow i mean i just sort of consume things like i don't really think about what the brow is there's no spectrum to to be honest i just sort of i'm a bit of a i'm an egalitarian but also a huge snob uh and that's the duality of womanhood (laughs) So I feel like, <laughs> welcome to our pod. Like, I watch things and I'm like, that's amazing. And then if, if a critic doesn't like it, I'm like, well, fuck the critics. Like, everything's subjective. But then if it's, like, something that I don't like, I'm like, well, actually, uh, the people at Vulture didn't love it. So, ergo, I'm going to, like, let that fade into my thoughts. I'll watch whatever. This is, that's why I watch so much, like, kind of p- things that people would term garbage. And I'm like, it was the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, I reckon if I told, like, if, other, if like, my friends watched this, they'd be like, About it, or like my parents, they'd be like, um. mm." But I just thought it was like a good drama, and I didn't expect it.
1: At times, it was a little bit neighbors, and the acting was a bit. How you going?
0: Oh yes, wait. So explain what the plot is. Oh, okay. So as we just started totally intellectualizing
1: it (laughs) before we got into it, vaguely but like intriguingly. So you watch it. So Helen McCrory's character is like a hotel deputy manager. She events does like catering. Katie?
0: Yeah. She does, like yeah, events for weddings at this one venue.
1: And Callum Turner's character is young. He's what, nine nineteen?
0: He's like nineteen, twenty, yeah, yeah. He's like just dropped out of uni or just finished uni or something with uni.
1: He's in that like chaotic late teenage, early twenties situation yeah. where he's like, I don't know what I'm doing and Helen McCrory's. She's also having, she's having a midlife crisis.
0: I'd say like three quarter life. She's like 42 in it. has got to be.
1: Yeah. I feel like she just stayed the same age for the last like 30 years of her life. Yeah. They meet, become a pair, <laughs> become a duo. Oh my god. You make it sound like they're
0: investigating
1: crimes. They're not the fantastic five. <laughs> <laughs> it is a little bit like morally questionable. I love an age gap when it's not real and it's people I like like these two could do anything and I'd be like yeah blinkers on I don't care it's about them like kind of figuring out what to do with their love story across only three episodes so I won't say much more because that's the entire story you just have to watch it I think it was like kindred
0: spirits like yeah. she was lost he was lost they were both looking for someone yes and it's like they found a connection and whether or not it's platonic or whether or not it gets a bit spicy
1: you'll have to watch it I think they were
0: just like, it was just at the right place at the right time. Yeah, and it made
1: for something interesting. It kind of had the vibe of daytime TV, like... It had the sound and feel of when you're homesick from, from school or whatever. There were certain parts
0: of it that I was like, "This is gi- it's giving neighbors." Like you're right. I was like in a bit of a hole at the end of it because I w-
1: Did you watch it all on Monday? No, I split it. I. It was actually really good because being only three episodes and like forty five minutes long, I always watch something when I'm doing my hair and makeup before I go somewhere. So I watched one oh, Friday, so Saturday, and Sunday. So I finished it yesterday.
0: And I felt okay. That's good. I did it all in one afternoon.
1: That's rough.
0: It was a bit rough because I feel like I, when I like do my makeup and stuff, I watch something that I've already seen. Uh, So I don't really have to concentrate or I would like listen to music. I love that you were watching that before you were going out. That is so, it's so not the vibe. (laughs) Maybe I'm just numb. What have you been up to? Mm -hmm. My recommendation is a little bit different this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like what you did last week, I'm going to recommend an old article uh, very randomly because I have consumed things. I was just like, I can't really recommend at this point. They were all fine. But I read this really interesting article in the New York Times because I've become I've always been very into food and restaurant dining and stuff. And my friends and I are all very into food. I mean, that sounds really wanky, like when you say it like that. But my mom's always like, you all spend a lot of money on food. But I've gotten very into reading about restaurants and the structure of restaurants and how they work and things like that. And I read this really great article in the New York Times about kitchen expediters, which is like, you haven't seen season two of The Bear. Sorry. But but in season two of The Bear and people who have... See in season two of the bed you know that there's that position in the kitchen where they're like and we're gonna five five beef ten bucatini I need this I need artichoke on table six da, 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 da. and then like walking table 10 table 14 and it's like that um position is called the kitchen expediter and it's about it's basically like this article explaining what it is and the title is the quarterback of the kitchen it's not always the chef which I, the title Fun. totally got me. Yeah. And it's, it's about all the different kitchen expediters at all these really different successful restaurants across America. Essentially – the the front of house staff will like get all the tickets and then they will give the tickets to the chefs. And then this is a really simplified thing, (laughs) simplified explanation because I'm not a fucking chef, but it's like, they will do the tickets and then they will give the, like sort the cooks with like the cooking times. So they'll be like, I need five beef. And so then the chef will know, okay, I need to get five beef up and like start timing this cook so that everything is as fresh as possible. Essentially, I feel like that's not a great way to explain it. Yeah, it was really a really interesting article. And off the back of the bear and stuff, I've just been very into food. i wasn't very into food, but I'm into food fiction, food nonfiction.
1: Could you be a kitchen expert, diet or Absolutely whatever? Absolutely the fuck not. Nah.
0: I think uh-uh. I would have a nervous breakdown. Even reading about it gives me a nervous breakdown. So it's essentially, it's, they say it's managing the workflow of the kitchen like an air traffic controller. Yeah, so you're b- it's literally like being a sergeant. Yeah, you are a sergeant. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically chefs say expediters should be precise, strategic and terrifically organized with an uncanny up to the minute knowledge of all the restaurants, moving parts and an ability to communicate with ease, ease, clarity and speed. And I can do like parts of that, but I mm. think I'd have a nervy B. So it's basically like everyone has to communicate, but all of the communication goes through the expo, essentially. The expo. I love that.
1: So down with the lingo. That's
0: what it's called, yeah. Because I was like, I kind of was obsessed with because I didn't know what it was. And then it, hap- it c- comes up in two different episodes of The Bear Season 2. Mm. And, um, and then I was like, what is a kitchen expo? And then I got onto Reddit and it was all these people talking about their experiences of A, having worked as a expo or like having just worked in the service industry. And that's where I found the article. So thank you, Reddit. And also because I'm going to America in April... And I want to go to all of these different restaurants. I was like, I wonder what it's what the expo is like
1: at these restaurants that I want to go to um,
0: and stuff like that. Anyway,
1: that just summarizes what it's like to be us. Like we can't just go to something and experience that thing. We have to know how it works. We have to know all the inner workings. We have to know who's behind it. Yeah, we have to understand.
0: I usually don't like with restaurants because I get really stressed Mm. about it. I think it's really cool. So that is my recommendation this week. New York Times 2018 article very
1: prescient now after all of the kind of bear stuff that's been happening. I love old articles. Me too. I hate yeah. the churn of content at the moment. Sometimes they're just really good things that I will never find because they're buried deep in everything else. And I hate it. I also love using like the reading list on Chrome and Safari on my phone. That oh, is yeah. such an underutilized, underrated tool.
0: I usually reading list for like clothes, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I do do it for articles. I feel like my notes app is like full of
1: articles. My yep.
0: notes app is full of random shit I've seen on Instagram, articles,
1: paragraphs that I need to like text out to like a group chat. Would you rather, sorry, this is such a tangent. Would you rather someone look through your notes app or your photos? Neither. <laughs> um,
0: probably my notes app because I think it's kind of funny and you could like
1: explain it in a comedic way.
0: But also sometimes I can't, like I've there are random numbers in there for things that obviously mm. like when I owe someone or I'm trying to add things up. And I'm like, what is, what is, when 10:25? what is that from like five years ago? I did go through my um, notes recently
1: just for fun. And then I was, and then I was like, I can't do it. But I love that. What about you? Uh, yeah, Anita. I think my photos would be easier to explain. Yeah. Photos would be easy to explain. My notes app, I just cleared out a bunch of old notes. So it's like a little bit cleaner oh, now, okay. but I still think it would be really hard to explain. They're just like random lists and paragraphs
0: yeah. and... Same. I always
1: have random... I always have,
0: like, the same shopping list because I tend to buy, like, just the same things. I'm like, god damn, another list with fucking coriander and parsley. <laughs> like, again, really?
1: A single note that just
0: says, like, leak. But moving on to people who love their phones, like us, the youth, because the youth. <laughs> last week, which we still are. I'm adjacent. We're youth, you're more youth adjacent than I am. Um, but last week, Emily and I did a... I would call it a tax deductible podcast trip. Yeah, uh, it was an excursion. Yeah, we did an excursion to see Gracie Abrams in Sydney, which I think was one of the highlights of my year given it's January 22nd.
1: Probably one of the highlights of my life. I genuinely loved that show.
0: <laughs> I got into Gracie Abrams a few months ago, I guess, so she if you don't know, she's like this kind of like sad girl singer. She's like
1: Phoebe Bridges, Billie Eilish, Olivia Rodrigo adjacent.
0: Yeah. And she's been brought up like, like in the Taylor Swift verse. So she's very much like that influence. She's the daughter of JJ Abrams, who uh, created Lost and worked on Felicity and did lovely films such as Super 8 and uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens and, uh, you know, other great things. Yeah, she's like sad girl vibes. And I started listening to her because I was getting into my sad girl era. And then next minute, Emily's messaging me being like, She's all I've listened to for like a week.
1: Which was like iconic.
0: I loved getting that message.
1: (laughs) It didn't take much. I literally had not listened to her until two weeks ago. I've listened I probably listened to her every single day since then. She's at the
0: top of my like on repeat, I
1: think now. Fair. She came to Sydney obviously, but
0: I knew she was coming and I'd like she was sold out and I was like, Oh, that sucks But like I went on to like Tixel or whatever and I was like, I'm gonna try and get tickets and then never got any alerts and I was like resigned to the fact that I was just never gonna see her live, whatever you know, die with that heavy heart. And then you messaged me being like, oh, do you want to go to Gracie? And I was like, um, what?
1: You messaged me with the ticket resale link. I loved it.
0: I think it was transcendent.
1: It was a very grown up experience, like mentally and around us. It was like purely 14 year old girl. Like it was very teenage angst.
0: I don't want to say 14. I would say between 14 and like 18 were the main
1: yeah groups and then it was like fourteen, eighteen, and then 19 to 25 then parents
0: i'm 27 i'm so sorry you <laughs> no it's fine i was in the i'm in the in-between i'm in the upside down you're this. in the parents <laughs> you were looking after me yeah that's so true but it was really but it was very grown up because we went for dinner i booked us dinner beforehand we went it's the first time I've like been to a restaurant before going to a gig I had a whole ass risotto before (laughs) a concert yeah I had like a spicy um (laughs) like Italian sausage pasta and an aperol I've never
1: felt so elderly
0: It's because I was worried about fainting because I have a history of fainting, <laughs> so I was like, I need to fucking eat. I need some carbs. Yeah.
1: But then because I had a whole meal, I had to pop an antacid before going in. Like I'm 80 <laughs> years old. Then I walked in and I was sneering at all the teenagers who think that they know anything about anything. It was all very like yeah. old man yells at cloud. But I had so much fun. I love those little sad girls so much. Me too. They were so they special. So
0: cute. It was yeah. So we we had our the, the little dinner. And then we went in and I feel like, yeah, for me, it was the first gig I've gone to where I haven't bought merch and I've had a whole ass meal and I haven't been like slightly tipsy. It was
1: huge. So it was like a real
0: turning point.
1: Yeah, I feel like we booked the tickets, very sad girl, and then we walked in there very like woman scorned.
0: I felt like sort of... um not matron but like matriarch (laughs) i was like i'm handing the candle over to the girls (laughs) there were every single girl except for me because i fucking forgot was wearing a bow in her hair emily was wearing a bow in her hair
1: have we gone to the bottom of why this is does gracie abrams wear bows or is it just like the coquette i just googled it and it just seems like gracie abrams wore bows at a concert and she also sold them (gasps) as part of her merch when she supported the eras tour
0: yeah oh that makes sense then and there there were all these parents there and all these girls with like so much merch I was like girl this jumper is a hundred dollars where's your disposable income coming from
1: it's also like um, 35 degrees
0: oh my god it was so hot and I felt like we both put effort into our outfit to like well I just wanted to look cute but you, you were dressed very lightly and I think that was like good for the temperature
1: we were just yeah girls in cotton and loafers
0: yeah, we were both in loafers. I was like, oh, great. This is it's like when I walked past the Horton when uh, Freebie Bridges played and it's like every girl was wearing a long skirt with loafers. I was like, oh, my God. But it was yeah, it was really fun. It was just like I felt very excited and happy to like be there. And I feel like seeing all the kids and like there were mums with bows in their hair. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to like if I have kids to like take my kids to a concert like that. <laughs> Like that's what that's and that's what I said and Emily was like, "Okay." <laughs> but I was like, "It's exciting like it just made me happy that people are like and girls particularly are so excited about like artists and yes. and you that's know, the
1: thing that I love and I talk about so much. I love when people are excited about things."
0: And that was the thing and you couldn't have been in a crowd where people were more excited. I felt like we were excited enough.
1: Yeah. But that paled in comparison to every other person there.
0: Oh, absolutely. Cause yeah, because we didn't know every single song. But these yeah. girls, oh, these God. girls,
1: these girls knew every single word. Even before Gracie, they were playing like Lana Del Rey and oh Ethel God, Kane.
0: Yeah. When Ethel Kane came on, I was like, wearing in an emo palace. This is like the girls are fucking here.
1: But it felt so nice to just be in a space where people girls especially are allowed to be excited about something and they're allowed to have legitimate interests that are seen as serious and valid and interesting. I love that for the girls. yeah. It made me really
0: happy. There was one bit when Ethel Kane did start playing. And I was like, oh my God, it's Ethel Kane. And then these, I remember there were like these three girls because we were sitting down um, at the start. This was before she came on, don't at me. We were sitting down before she came on because I'm like, we're too old to support Again, apps. elderly. <laughs> um, elderly. These like three girls screamed when they realized that it was Ethel Kane. And I was like, oh my God. I Ooh. found out about Ethel Kane from my dad. And like these chicks are loving her. It just made me, I don't know, it just made me really happy. But I was also like, no wonder everyone's got fucking anxiety if these are the singers you're listening to. Because
1: it's just like sad, sad, sad. There's nothing like being a teenage girl. And I'd never do it again. I would You could not pay me enough money to go back and be a teenage girl again.
0: <laughs> I feel like I wouldn't mind it. I think I'd do it again.
1: Would you do it again with your, like, the knowledge that you have now? Or would yeah, you do it again as a like dumb kid
0: no I'd do it again with the knowledge I have now for sure
1: oh I don't think I could I think I know too much
0: I don't know if I could do it in this current landscape
1: like tiktok
0: I could totally I think I'd actually fucking froth tiktok <laughs> I think I could do it again I'd like it I feel like I'd probably be a bit like prioritize things a bit more yeah not be not be so like wah <laughs> I think I don't know. I think it'd just. I think it'd just be fun. I'd be like, okay, girl. Like Harry Styles isn't gonna fall in love with you. Neither is Alex Turner. Neither are like half these people. Stop cutting things out from magazines and putting on your wall. And like maybe just do a bit more studying. And
1: like you don't have to wear your hair in a middle part all the time. <laughs> maybe we can take things less seriously, but also just have fun. I'm probably. I'm gonna say the exact same thing like five years from now and I'm like why was I so stressed at age 24
0: but I thought it was really interesting like yeah because the girlhood thing it was so nice to like see girls in a safe space especially because it was so hot right and they like she had to stop the concert like five times because these girls kept fainting these poor girlies because they'd so been out there for like there. it was so sweaty it was so hot um I was doing the classic like Trying to like dab my sweaty upper lip. Like
1: Sula. <laughs>
0: yeah, literally me every day of my life. But um it was so hot in there. These girls, some girls have been camping out for like two days. And so every so often, people in the like mosh would like be waving and it'd be like they needed saving at the beach. And then she'd like stop the concert. <laughs> and she's like, it's okay, you guys. Everyone's heard here. This is a safe environment. Da-da-da-da. I'm like, okay, let's not turn it into a fucking like rally. Just get the girlies out. It's very post Astro World
1: yes that's our general rec for this week listen to gracie abrams if you like sad girl music or if you just like like guitar vibes which i don't really i don't really like girl and guitar really? as a genre really okay but i really enjoyed this it was a really
0: good it was a really good concept but it was interesting to think about the discourse of girlhood at the moment because i've been seeing like a lot about the discourse of like girls who were like in their 20s like a little bit older than the teenagers who were like hearkening back to this sort of ribbons and bows and ballet core and more kind of I guess you would say like girly
1: things very fluffy and frivolous and things that are frowned on typically
0: yeah and sort of I mean I think you could sort of say in a roundabout way like childish Yeah. Like, I think probably more, like, that's in terms of, like, accessories and things like that. But people who are a bit older are hearkening back to that. And then you have these, like, 11-year-olds who are, like, killing people at Sephora and Mecca for, like, drunk elephant serum and stuff like that. So I keep seeing all this stuff about these like young girls who have these huge skincare things and they're using like niacinamide and stuff and i'm like babe you're barely out of the womb yeah. like
1: you don't need retinol you have no! so much collagen it's not even, even funny
0: i don't even use retinol but it's like interesting to like see girls who are older hearkening back and then girls who are younger obviously want to be older but that's also like a dynamic that says taylor's oldest time
1: it is they're the kind of things that are like imposed on you when you're young and then they just pull the rug out from under you as you get older and it's like you these are all of the things you this is all you have. This is what we've made you, the box that we've made Mm. you fit into. You can't have that anymore. So it kind of feels like we're going, no, sometimes we actually like just wearing pink and watching Barbie and dancing with the girls.
0: Yeah, and I think, like, you can accept that when you're a bit older. Yeah. Whereas at the time when you're younger, you're like, I have to be older, I have to be older. It's and then once you're on older, me, yeah. you're like, nah, babe, I don't want to be
1: older. I don't like this. And
0: I, But I think it's, yeah, such a tale as old as time, like that movie 13 when they're 13 and, like, just being absolute gross girls, mm. doing whatever they want and da 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 And it, I think there's always going to be that younger generation wanting to be older and that. But I've never seen the older generation sort of, like, hearkening
1: back before. Openly and publicly, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think that's probably your response to, like... The world as well. Not just like wanting to wear pink and do Barbie and stuff. But I think it's just like the world at the moment is not like in a great place. Let's harken back to when things were like simpler and I could just like watch Barbie.
1: The world is so dark and it doesn't feel like we're being made as fun of for liking things as much anymore. So it's like if I can have a shit day and come home and use like a really pretty set of plates and eat cheese and FaceTime my girlfriend... I will.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I can wear pink and do what I like want all the time. Yeah, but I think it, it that's what I really liked about Gracie. It was just like the girls being girls. It just
1: made me really happy.
0: It Every did. five seconds, I was like, look at that girl wearing a bow. Look at that girl. Look at, I love what she's wearing. Look
1: at that. Literally pure joy.
0: It was pure joy. But yeah, listen
1: to Gracie. Listen to Gracie. Do it. Love it. Come back. And, and talk also, to us. we
0: did like a little photo shoot at the concert, which I never do.
1: Oh, yeah. Everyone was taking selfies. So we were like,
0: Okay. Also, this is girlhood. It was so funny. I went to a party on Saturday night and I went walked in and my two like these two friends were screaming and I was like, What is happening? I'm very sober. They were like, Oh my god, you have to see these photos of Maddie. She looks this is the most amazing she's ever looked. And I was like, Oh my god, like okay. And so I was like, okay, show me the photos. And she did look amazing. It was the most amazing she's ever looked. But then Maddie was like, I don't know if I want to post it. And I was, we were all like, you have to post it. Post it, girl, post it. And when we were like workshopping captions and stuff. And then and then I was like, oh, I took these photos at this concert. I'm not really sure if I want to post them. And then they were like, post it, post it. And then I showed like one of them, the photo that I took. when you Remember when you showed me and it's really embarrassing. But the first thing I said, I was like, God, I look so thin. <laughs> and I was like, I look amazing. And then Maddie saw it and she was like, oh my God, you look so thin. and then she was like you have to post it and so we were all standing in this little circle like posting our pictures and I felt like that was an extension of the girlhood as well
1: there's something so special about female friendship I love my female friends I love my platonic friendships I love the girls there's just such a nice level of acceptance and yeah purity and trust and encouragement yeah do what you want
0: and I think we saw that at Gracie we saw
1: that so yeah we love girlhood
0: we love the girls literally we love the girls this podcast as we said from the very beginning it's for the girls and it's for other people too but it's for the girls you can
1: you can be a girl even if you're not a girl
0: that's so true it's it's more of a mindset it's like how my mum would always say oh they're gonna hate me for saying this but um my out of like i have my girlfriends but then like my friend seb as well my mum's like well seb's one of the girls he He's th- when I say the girls, I'm including Seb and also including Scott, if Scott even listens to this. Yeah. She's like, Scott and Seb are the girls. Yeah. One of the girls. Exactly. Obviously. Yeah. Anyways.
1: <laughs> anyway, sorry. Got enough ruminating on girlhood. Bye. We're switching it up now for something that's like a little bit, uh, not depresso, just like a little bit different. A
0: little bit different. A little
1: bit different, but it is news. So, Sarah Ramirez has potentially maybe perhaps been – Dropped from the upcoming season of And Just Like That, which is the Sex and the City reboot for the unacquainted. So, according to the, the Daily Mail, Sarah's been dropped from the show for publicly supporting Palestine and attending rallies, speaking about it on social media, etc., as many other celebrities have been doing, calling for a ceasefire, etc. They play Che Diaz on the show, who is Widely regarded as one of the most annoying characters in TV, which I agree with, but that's a separate issue. But it it does have a lot to do with their reputation and how they regard them.
0: I watched like two episodes of and just like that, and I stopped because I just wasn't really into it. I just really liked the original show, and I like liked the movies, even though they was dumb dumb. I just feel like I personally I didn't need
1: like a revisitation.
0: You know, I didn't and I didn't need to see like Miranda and Steve's marriage
1: breakdown because I love Steve. No, I love Steve. I am a Steve girl through and through.
0: That plot in the movie when they run to each other on the bridge. That's love, bitch. That's love.
1: I didn't care for Big and Aiden could do better than Carrie every day of the week. So I didn't want to see that redone, revisited.
0: I kind of liked Big. Big kind of like it's because i remember watching no it's i have this clear memory in my head of watching the first episode ever and i hadn't watched any of it before and i was watching it with my mum. and it's the bit at the end of the episode when he's in the car and then she's like have you ever been in love and then my mum was like you have to she's like this is history watch this Mum was like this is the best thing ever and then when he's like absolutely and then he like winds the window up and my mum was like that's poetic cinema so suave so i think from that i was always like more of a big girl and then I loved Harry and then I loved, um, what's his face, Steve. Yeah. That's I was fair. never really into Aiden. He was a bit
1: wet. But yeah. So that's, and just like that. Yeah. This new story started when Sarah posted to Instagram last week saying, it was just a rogue feed post saying, our industry is so duplicitous. While they give awards away, casting directors and agents are making blacklists of actors and workers who post anything in support of Palestinians and Gaza to ensure they will not work again. I get it, awards are shiny and people need to pay their rent or feel special and powerful. Meanwhile, we are beyond the 100-day mark on this war that has now been acknowledged by many, including the ICC, as a genocide. It's wild how performative so many in Hollywood are, even more performative than the last character I played. So people jumped in and speculated that Che Diaz wouldn't be returning because they just referenced their last character. And Sarah followed up by adding to the original post – This post had and has nothing to do with my last job, lol. Don't let tableaus distract you from what's happening in Gaza. Really nice try, though. And I read that as she's saying, here's this major issue in Hollywood. You may not be aware of it. Now I'm making fun of the character you all hated so we can laugh about it. Move forward together. Focus on this issue. I didn't read it as I've been axed and I'm airing my dirty laundry.
0: No, I think... Because Sarah Ramirez has been so, like, obviously as you would be because it's, like, your character. They've been very, like, pro-Che, not acknowledging how annoying Che is. And I think you can definitely be, like, it's really important representation for, like, the non-binary community, to have this on such a big stage, like this character on such a big stage, but like they're still fucking annoying. Like the fact that they're non-binary has nothing to do with the fact that they're annoying. They can be, it's it's like it's two different things. You can be like a really like cool, chill, non-binary person. It just so happened that like you have Sarah Ramiro sitting there hitting a button being like woke moment, which is like the only thing I remember because I've only watched two episodes.
1: It was a ridiculous character and people hated Che Diaz so much that Sarah did an interview with the New York Times to say they didn't recognize themselves in that character and they had nothing to do with the writing. It's because
0: it's like not a real character it's fucking ridiculous it's like someone was like let me put this into a diversity machine and make it like a thing that like you'd meet this person on the street and it's like no you fucking wouldn't I can guarantee you that like like no like and I feel like because they um, Sarah posted that article with the cut as well, and I can't remember the ins and outs of it, but I thought it was like an alright article. People did not agree with that. They thought it was like very targeted, and kind of I kind of can't really think of the word like sneery, I guess.
1: I remember the backlash being that people were drawing parallels between Sarah and Che, even down to pointing out that the way Che speaks and like the way they refer to themselves. Oh, as like, like as like Irish a non-binary. Yeah, because yeah. that
0: was on. But that I'm sorry, but then maybe don't make that your fucking Instagram
1: bio. That kind of added to it because the second that they were outspoken about something and referenced their last character being Che, people went, oh my God, they're mad and they've been axed.
0: Does Che end in a way that like
1: they could be axed? Yeah, well, the old sources close to production came out. Oh, right, out right, right. classic. Saying a, a classic. A classic saying that the character didn't bring anything to the show anymore and wasn't needed it had right. nothing to do with their morals basically and hbo hasn't confirmed whether they will or won't be in the next season
0: honestly hbo has much bigger fish to fry yeah this is i've, such gotta re- I've got to be i've got to be honest about it like i like come on
1: come on they have to get back to creating white lotus for me
0: yeah thank you i want that who's having that conversation
1: Cynthia Nixon, who plays Miranda on the show and Che's love interest. Yeah. Took part in a hunger strike and protest at the White House at the end of last year advocating for Palestine. And she went on the record to say people are being penalized for speaking out, but there are a lot of actors and performers getting together a response to that and saying, hey, this isn't okay. We may not agree about everything. And maybe some of us can express ourselves a little more carefully, but it doesn't mean that people should then lose their livelihoods. And at this stage, Cynthia Nixon is still believed to be in the next season.
0: Well, you can't get rid of Miranda. I mean, it also, it barely works without Samantha.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's falling to pieces. (laughs) It
0: can't just be the Carrie and Charlotte show. I would watch the
1: shit out of that, but it can't just be the two of them but that makes me think they weren't axed because of the Palestinian view thing. yeah yeah but like that said hollywood does have a problem in that they can be pretty ethically blind like as an oh, entity totally. it's very lawless but it's it's not without etiquette if that makes no, sense, Like,
0: but it's also like we don't even know if they've been axed. Like, exactly. this is the thing. It's like the Daily Mail's put out some like really dramatic, confirmed they're axed, and yeah. it's like we don't we don't know yet. Like, we just don't know what's going to happen. So Che, like, like, this all could come to nothing, and Che could be back, and then we're all going to be like, oh fuck, Che. I'll
1: be one of them, but also at the same time, like they're they're not saying anything that's like groundbreaking, or they're not saying no. something that isn't backed up by people like Cynthia Nixon and. Susan Sarandon has also been saying people are losing their jobs, people are being oh, totally. blacklisted in Hollywood, and they're not saying anything that other people aren't saying. So,
0: no, well, that's and I think as well, like, I remember last year, she's not so much of a name, but the lead actress who's going to be in the next Scream movie, Melissa Barrera, yeah. she got dropped from the new Scream movie because she was espousing pro Palestinian viewpoints and there was like huge backlash about that that's sort of when i remember this sort of thing starting
1: this is a interesting story because i think you've got the layer of sarah ramirez and che diaz and just being mm. a hated character and a kind of not controversial person but has has been in the spotlight a bit mm. yeah over 100%. the past year two years mm. on top of hollywood has a problem that should be acknowledged and a select few are acknowledging it on top of we literally just treat people like shit now online yeah we just hate on people yeah. and we love rumors and we draw conclusions and the daily mail is the daily mail so it's just this interesting oh God, story yeah. that could have just been such a non-issue yeah but we assumed a whole lot and now we're here
0: yeah I did love like the Instagram community like reacting to it
1: oh yeah it was fun they were like
0: RIP Carrie's that corner of Carrie's kitchen you will always be famous <laughs> Speaking of another dramatic, divisive person in Hollywood, uh, maybe not so divisive, but very dramatic. J-Lo has released the trailer for her, I don't really know what to call it, like visual album, movie, immersive experience. It's coming to Amazon, Amazon Prime Video, so it's the visual component of her upcoming ninth album, This Is Me Now. And it's set to arrive almost 20 years after her 2004 album, This Is Me Then fun basically this this album is coming out but she's also got this sort of uh tie-in film coming out that goes with the album and so it's the it's not being billed as a visual album but a complete cinematic experience and i just want to read you out what prime video is describing it as it's prime video is calling it An intimate, fantastical, and narrative-driven reflection of Lopez's journey to find love from her heart, soul, and dreams. It's a narrative-driven cinematic odyssey steeped in mythical storytelling (laughs) and personal healing. I'm still going. Dropping in tandem with her first studio album in a decade, this genre-bending... Amazon original showcases her journey to love throughout her whole her own eyes. With fantastical costumes, breathtaking choreography, and star-studded cameos, this panorama is an introspective retrospective of Jennifer's resilient heart. If that's what self-healing looks like, I don't want it. It's like buzzwords. I'm like, what does this mean? But that's so trailer, chat GPT. The trailer is insane. So I put this in our Google document and I was like, I want to talk about this. And then And you were like, I don't really know about JLo. And I was like, just watch the trailer. And then he texted me being like, what is this trailer? We need to talk about this.
1: It looks like a fever dream. Like my first reaction was if Lewis Carroll or like T.S. Eliot or one of those little freaks wrote a really long music video. But in the 2000s, this is what it would look like. Like, I'm picturing like Silverchair, like Natalie and Bruria, Sugar Babes, like Gwen Stefani, like you know oh, wow. that era of music video where you're like yeah. walking into the sunset, but it looks like a really amateur stage production to, yeah. and they're all singing about like divorce. That's what this feels like. I cannot I cannot put that into words.
0: I think it's kind of like something that would be, be directed by the guy, that mad French director, Luc Besson. It's like a Luc Besson film with like steampunk, but also rom-com. Why was also, it steampunk? But also like the Matrix and Sense8 dropped into there. Plus like Cloud Atlas, that movie where everyone plays like 10 different roles. But it's basically the trailer is sort of... She's in and out of different worlds and different scenarios and she's in and out of different relationships and then her friends worry and joke that she might be a sex addict and she divorces and remarries. And that's obviously a comment on like her love life and how she's been married quite a few times. And then she goes to therapy. Then she rides on the back of a motorbike with Ben Affleck. She crashes and finds herself in a post-apocalyptic world kind of, she looks like a mechanic, but she also looks like she's wearing the big suit that Amy Adams wore in um, Arrival, like the Alien movie. It's really weird and then there's all these dramatic voiceovers and she's like, whenever somebody asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, my answer was always in love, which (laughs) I think is horrific. But there's all of these like celebrity cameos. I mean, I say celebrity cameos, it's like loosely, like Kiki Palmer's going to be in it. Jay Shetty. Neil deGrasse Tyson. And Ben, Ben Affleck's going to be in it. So he was originally announced as a co-writer, but apparently he's lost that credit. (laughs) He's going to be in the film, but... It's so weird. So she said in her newsletter on the J-Lo, uh, which I've not not subscribed to, but it was in an article. I have not been this nervous, excited, scared, and thrilled to share something with you in years. This is the, the story of the journey. This is me. Then to this is me now is the most personal thing I've ever done. So I really love J-Lo as an actress. I love, I love, love, love The Wedding Planner. I loved Made in Manhattan. I loved Out of Sight with George Clooney. I think it's one of the best movies.
1: You know what one of the most underrated J-Lo movies is? Actually, two. What? Wedding Planner. So glad you Wedding Planner is
0: so good. I mean, that. it's so,
1: I think it's the best one. It's so good. Little baby Matthew McConaughey and young Alex Karev from Grey's. Oh yeah, he's Judy, Judy Greer.
0: Taylor. Judy Greer, always, 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 always the best supporting actress. She's so good. She's
1: so good. One of my favourite movies ever. But also that one, one about where she gets pregnant but like via donor and she doesn't have a part. oh yes it's um, um the ba- the backup plan the backup, plan. The that backup was fun. plan so good that's a good movie yeah she's sorry she's done amazing work
0: no i love her as an actress like i think out of sight with george clooney is one of the sexiest movies like i love that she was in a steven soderbergh movie but this is like the fucking weirdest thing ever so she's like i feel like it's like a mixture of her reality and her dreams because i'm like why is she a mechanic in like a steampunk hunger games world
1: it's so jarring hearing, like, um, we it's think you're so a sex weird. addict, but she's in, like, this post-apocalyptic mine or something. And then they're dancing. It's, like, singing it's in the rain. It's so
0: odd. It's so weird. But I'm, like, I feel like she's just, like, I'm going to do this. And, and, like, Amazon's, like, we'll give you the money, JLo. Like, Jeff Bezos is, like, this is my passion project.
1: Sometimes I get overwhelmed that there are so many things out there. Like, so much content that I would love, but I simply will never see
0: are you not going to watch this? Are you saying that we're not going to no. do a special viewing night of this movie?
1: My problem is that there are so many, like, creative projects that will never get off the ground and things that I will never see because they will never get publicity. Oh,
0: because, oh, because this shit's being made.
1: Yeah, because of yeah. how industries work. This is yeah. what I'm going to see instead. Like, steampunk JLo.
0: I'm intrigued by... I wanted to do another rom-com. Do another rom-com. She did one last year that I still haven't watched, but... um, Marry Me with Owen Wilson? No, not Marry Me. The other one, the one... um. With the wedding with Josh Jamel and Jennifer Coolidge is in it.
1: God, why is that?
0: And it was supposed to have Army Hammer in it, and then he got dropped, and then Josh Jamel got Lol. put in it. Which love that because Josh Jamel needs a renaissance. I love him.
1: Oh, yeah. Stunning. Amazing. To
0: win a date with Tad Hamilton. One of the
1: best. Shotgun wedding. Yeah, shotgun wedding. That's the one I haven't so seen. So, what? She did marry me and then shotgun wedding. I think so.
0: I never, I can't take Owen Wilson as her. Her love
1: interest? Like, what's no. that?
0: And I'm here for so much, but I'm I'm not here for that. I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that. I think everything she does is a vanity project, but it doesn't stop me from loving her. It
1: feels like a bit of a joke. Like, I can't, I feel like everyone needs friends around them who are like, will bully them if they do something oh. crazy. And JLo doesn't. She's obviously surrounded by enablers.
0: She's totally surrounded by yes men. It's like Madonna. I don't think anyone's telling Madonna no. And no one's telling JLo no. And I think Ben's trying to. And he just can't get through. (laughs) And now he's being roped into this
1: shit. But he was like, I need to control this. I need to direct. I need to write it. And she's like,
0: no. Yeah. You have a cameo. I look, I know Ben Affleck is not the most popular guy out there. I have a soft spot for him. I think he's, I think he deeply, deeply regrets how his life has turned out in the past few years.
1: Oh, if anyone doesn't want to be alive, it's Ben Affleck.
0: (laughs) Yeah, literally. I'm like, the fact that he got that giant phoenix on his back is like, this man wants a rebirth, but he's just not going to get it his cinematic journey in the fact that he made two of the worst films of his career with Jennifer Lopez and is now returning for a third time with her is just, I'm like, is he okay? Like he made, I don't even know how to say it like zhizli, jiggly. Like, it's the worst movie ever.
1: Never seen it. Don't want to. Saving myself.
0: It's considered one of the worst movies ever. I haven't seen it, but I saw the follow up that they did called Jersey Girl. Um, but I, for some reason, me and my dad rented it from the video shop once. And it's like Ben Affleck <laughs> and Jay Lewis's wife. And then she dies giving birth to their daughter. She has like an aneurysm. And her name's oh Gertrude. God. And her name's Gertrude. And they call the kid Gertie. And that's like no. my main memory of it. That's and criminal. it's also also terrible. And so it's like those two movies, and then Ben's like goes away and wins a bunch of Oscars and has this actually like quite successful or Turk Argo is arguably one of the best movies. And now he's back doing this. I'm like, Ben, babe. No,
1: take a break.
0: Blink twice. I mean, we know he needs help. Every time I see him with a fucking Duncan like
1: iced coffee Ugh. or something,
0: I'm like, dude. <laughs> that
1: poor man
0: he's not he's like going
1: through it he he didn't act in Gone Girl he just existed in Gone Girl
0: yeah that was really that was him
1: I thought he was great
0: in Gone Girl I watched that flatmate Tom hadn't seen Gone Girl (gasps) so I know I know I was like this is you live in a feminist household you're a feminist Tom and you haven't seen it yeah, and it was so funny because at the beginning he was like "fuck Amy," and then by the end of it he was like "go Queen." Go I hate Amy. That like Get it? He was like, "I just feel really bad for Ben," and I'm like, D- "You just have to keep going." Like it's only first half. Yeah, everyone feels bad for Ben, and then we get to the end and he's like, "I felt I did feel really bad for Ben." I was like, "Oh, tough break," and yeah. then by the end I was like, "Nah, Amy's Amy's."
1: A G. I remember the first time I saw it, I'm going to cut this out, but the first time I saw it was at a school camp. It was like music camp. Oh my and God. Someone had it on a USB oh and we God. had a spare three hours. So me and my two best friends were like huddled in this top bunk. I think you need to put this in the podcast. This is amazing. <laughs> this is amazing. And we watched Gone Girl at That is hilarious.
0: 16. Oh my, I don't think I could have gone through it at that age.
1: The bit when she like slits his throat and she's wearing the undies, killer. Oh, it was hardcore, but also... We were on Tumblr. It was like, yeah, edgy. you probably have. You've seen some gifs. You've seen some things. We've seen gifs. We've
0: seen stuff. It's That's fine. so funny. But I feel bad for Ben. But I think JLo, I want to watch it. But uh, I wanted to read out the. Because um, this album is a sequel to her album from 2004. And there's a song on there called Dear Ben. And she's going to do a follow up to the song on the new album called Dear Ben Part 2. But I wanted to read out some lyrics from Dear Ben. I've never listened to this song. And I'm not going to now, but I wanted to read this to you. I love you. You're perfect. A manifestation of my dreams. You make my body feel about a million different things. I think God made you for me. A mix of passionate fidelities. Baby, you're so complete. I write this song to let you know that you will always be to me. Wait for it. My lust, my love, my man, my child, my friend, and my king. (laughs) Imagine. Being Ben Affleck's parents, imagine being Matt Damon and listening to that. Oh my and god! And being like, bro, be so if someone wrote a song about that about my friend and he had like Ben Affleck energy, I'd be yeah. like, what? Like, I can't imagine that Ben Affleck would make my body feel about a million different things.
1: That's profound. That's deep. It's beautiful. That's yeah, how.
0: Maybe like got like Goodwill Hunting, Ben Affleck, but not um yeah. not present day.
1: <laughs> not present day. Can't wait to hear her imminent releases
0: I'm so excited for this movie but I just it's yeah do you I think it's a bit of a vanity project do you feel like we're gonna see more celebrity projects like this in the future or is this a is this a JLo specific thing
1: I think this is a JLo specific thing I think Beyonce could do it Beyonce did a visual album and did it well yeah visual albums have been very in her forte but and I think JLo is just like well I'm I'm exactly like Beyonce I can do that too love her love her to death She's not Beyonce. She's not. She's not an arty. Like, she's not an edgy girl.
0: No, and I think this just, this is why it looks like a sort of weird, like, CGI movie, not like something beautiful and original like Beyonce.
1: No, it looks crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, but anyway, now because we've been talking for ages. Men's Fashion Week is going on at the moment in Europe. Very, very sad that we're not there. There's a lot been a lot going on, but one of the biggest shows that's happened over the last couple of days is the Loewe show, and it's essentially, to me, sort of turned into a summit of the internet's boyfriends, every guy I've ever found attractive, and every like twink on the internet. So yeah. it's it's been a very like all in the front row, co- yeah, all in the front row. It's been a very big couple of days for like people that I love. So essentially, and people who I like, like as well. Like I like Kit O'Connor, but I'm not obsessed. So like Kit O'Connor Kit was there from Heartstopper. Now we're getting into the real shit. Andrew Garfield, Zayn Malik, Jamie Dornan, Taylor Russell, Nicholas Holt, Joe Alwyn, Josh O'Connor, Callum Turner, Jack O'Connell, Jack O'Connell, cook from Skins, Harry Lorty, the hot guy from um, Industry, Drew Starkey, the hot unhinged guy from Outer Banks, Archie Medeque from Saltburn, um, Farley, Matthias Schonert, the Danish guy from Far from the Man in Crowd, who I was obsessed with, Nicholas Nicholas Braun, obviously cousin Greg, and Luca Guadagnino, who's not hot, but he's the director of Call Me by Your Name, so he's sort of a a you know he's in the
1: pipeline for the hot young men of he's like um, culturally clued in, yeah he he guy.
0: he gave he's given Timothy Chalamet his career based on yeah. that peach you know what i mean but it's basically just every like guy ever to exist basically every like hot white british guy to exist is at, is at this show which is important and um so i just wanted to talk about that and just like see and i've seen so many videos of like all the different people who are there but it's just like it's so funny because i was watching it being like oh my god and josh o'connell did it did the, the, the crown with emma Corrin, and then jack o'connell did that movie with erica and uh, you know, Emma Corrin. And then this person did that. And then Joe Alwyn went out with Taylor, but then Zayn also like, you know, it was with Harry and now Taylor Russell's going out with Harry. It's like this whole like mind map. I'm like Charlie Day and everyone's it's like always sunny.
1: One degree connected.
0: Yeah. And then it was really interesting. Cause I was like, what the hell is um Luca Caudinho doing there? And Drew Starkey too. I'm like, that man's B-list at best. Like I love the Outer Banks, but have you watched, wait, have you watched the Outer Banks? Yeah, I have.
1: I don't think I watched Do- the latest season. It was fine.
0: The latest season was not good. Uh, like there was just some subplots that I could have taken or left. But because um, the internet is obsessed with Rafe. So Drew Starkey's character, very quick side plot. Drew um, Starkey's character on the Outer Banks is like this fucking unhinged guy called Rafe. But the internet is obsessed with him. I did not know. And so now he's at the Loewe show. But he's the reason why he's there and Luca, I found out, is um, Jonathan Anderson, who's behind Loewe, Is going to be the costume designer in Luca's next film called Queer, which is uh, this film that Luca's directing with starring Drew Starkey and Daniel Craig. Ah, fun. And yeah, so, which I, and there's a very funny quote that I read saying it's one of my all time favourite books, The Queer. And um, he's, it says, the film has everything Mexico, lots of drugs, and Daniel Craig, Anderson recently told The Guardian. But it was, yeah, the, all the hotties were at Lueve. And I wanted to say also off the back of this, uh, to you particularly, Emily, I deeply, deeply apologize for. I also, I apologize, but I also refuse to apologize for the person that I will turn into next week uh, when the first three episodes of Masters of the Air come out. The Austin Butler, Callum Turner, Barack Yogan... Like, again, all of the hotties in one show. I Will Be Feral. It's coming out on Friday. It's the World War II show following this, like, particular group of air bombers. It's Austin Butler, Callum Turner, Barak Yogan, Raf Law, Law's son, and Shuti Gatwa. It's a lot of guys doing things as we love.
1: Stay tuned for a review.
0: Yeah, Flatmate Tom and I will be sat. And I just want to apologize like right now while we're talking about hotties that I will be feral over this show next week. And it will be my recommendation.
1: (laughs) You never have to apologize for anything. This is our policy rules. It's like I apologize, but I also don't apologize. But I
0: know that I'll say things and I'll be like, oh, my God, you absolute freak. (laughs) But I also
1: refuse. I don't need to apologize because girlhood. Yeah, no, I love that. I feel like the people in the front row are becoming more and more important because obviously the nature of Fashion Week has changed from being for yeah. the industry. Celebrities have historically attended, but it's been for the buyers, for the writers, for the mm. trade to talk about what's coming up and what brands are mm. putting out into the world. So it's kind of exciting to see that it's now just a congregation of people Whoever's going to get headlines, which makes it really fun because yeah. th- it seems like there's this competition as to who can get the nichest, hottest, most fun celebrity at their yeah, show. Yeah, well, I think and like Jonathan Anderson is obviously Jonathan do Anderson that. Anderson's
0: one. This man but also, is one.
1: Like Prada a few years ago with their Zaddy Renaissance, where they had like Karl oh my God and Jeff Goldblum, and stuff, and Idris Elba, Gary Gary Oldman. Yeah, oh my god, that was insane. They did that well.
0: I'll say that all of the men that we just described really fit the dear Ben lyrics <laughs> my my lust, my love, my man, my child, my friend, and my king <laughs> is basically my thoughts about all of the below men.
1: I think we need to go away and listen to this song now.
0: I think so too they're all they're all baby girls. This is a
1: really baseline observation as well, but I think it coincides with I guess more acceptance towards men looking fashionable and being like openly fashionable yeah, so it's totally. fun to see how they're styled to sit in a 10 minute fashion show
0: yeah well they go so much harder than on a red carpet i'm like yeah. can you bring this energy to every red carpet ever obviously it's very different because it's a bit more like street style streetwear, wear but
1: no but petition for men to start bringing little bags and purses to red carpets you know
0: who does that well uh not to red carpets but jacob elordi
1: Yeah, he does that well. And he does that well to fashion shows. Why isn't it on a red carpet?
0: Yeah, come on. Excuse me. What's going on?
1: That's my petition for the week.
0: We would be so good at all of this.
1: Petition to make us president of the world.
0: We would be great British boy actors. We would absolutely absolutely smash it. I'll be great on a period drama. Anyway, enough
1: of that. Um, Our time will come when we're 50 and playing Helen McCrory equivalent characters
0: no my skin looks good now (laughs) how dare you i'm in my goddamn prime thank you so much for joining us and go and listen to read watch all of our recommendations i've given you some absolute bangers this week i've got to be honest follow us on instagram at that's all podcast come back next
1: week do all the things we love just having our mandated monday chat
0: yeah because this is yeah we do it on monday and then we work like dogs on tuesday to get this out for you for wednesday so you're all goddamn welcome welcome. um but have a lovely week everybody feel like a teacher at the end of a class but that's all and see you next week bye bye